0: Here comes the stream.
1: Here come the warm jets.
0: Here come old Flat Top.
1: He come grooving up slowly. He got juju eyeballs. He won Holy Roller.
0: Stream is live.
1: He got hair down to his
0: knee. This is Penn Sunday School. And to our listening
1: ears. <laughs> oh, sings and round us sings, the music the here. here we
0: go again. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly, and we are broadcasting from Show Creator Studio South here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nicely done. This week, Penn and Teller have been all over the place. They've been to Boston, Minneapolis, back to Las Vegas. You went to Tulsa at one point? Coming coming up to Tulsa. Coming to Tulsa, got it. Well, here he is preaching the love, Pendulum. Yeah, preaching love.
1: Here we are. So, uh, you did, uh, you said you did two new tricks
0: when you were in uh, the prestige. What are those tricks? What what tricks you doing? Where'd you get them? I was going to ask you, this is fine to talk about on air. If I, if I find people who market magic tricks, am I supposed to talk about it openly on a regular podcast or is it magic etiquette to not talk about it? I mean, it's good for the people who are selling the trick, right? Yeah, fine. Yeah. I think it's okay. I think I'm asking the wrong guy, right? Yeah, yeah. There's somebody who thinks you shouldn't. Yeah, not me. <laughs> I remember over the pandemic, one of the first books I bought was Morgan and West put out a book. Oh, really? On magic, yeah. yeah. And they put their whole stage show out and published their whole show. It did a great. It's a great book, especially for people who want to think about even looking at like a magic book to think about how it w- works to teach magic via a book. It is a great. They did a really good job on it. And in it, they had this kick-ass ring trick. And it was so kick-ass and it was published that I was like, oh, everyone's going to do this this trick. You mean a finger ring. Yeah, borrowing a, bar- a borrowed finger ring. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with my own, uh, also over the pandemic, and was performing that a little bit. And in it, the, the old trick I was doing was that I would hand a woman a bell, I'd put the ring in her husband's finger, she would ring the bell, and it would disappear. And then I'd say, I put, I'm going to put this uh, same handkerchief over your hand, you ring the bell, and it will go back. And she ring the bell, and it wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, oh, shoot! Well, I, I guess if anything goes wrong, I was told I have this box over here. You know, whatever." Mm-hmm. And so then I would go down a nest of boxes all the way down to a ring box. Now to go, mm-hmm. oh. and then open the box, but inside was the inside of a bell. Uh huh. And then,
1: oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah. The only problem and, was, and her ring was the clapper, and her ring was the clapper of the bell. Her ring was the clapper. Is a sentence we haven't said before, in the show, <laughs> even after all these shows. The problem was no one knows what a fucking clapper looks like. Right. And so performing it, trying it out for a year or so, I was going tired of losing all the energy in the trick, but people going like, no, nope, it's not that. No. And I don't want to say it, you know? And so it's like, is it a fishing weight? Is it a weird, is it an earring? Is it a whatever? And so, and that, and that just started driving me crazy. And then it hit me. I was like, wait, it's been also a couple of years and I'm not seeing the Morgan and West trick everywhere. Like I thought I would." Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, I'm going to come up with a version of mine for that. And so it's a fun thing where you borrow the borrow the ring and then you toss it into a jar filled with rings. Mm-hmm. Well, that's funny. Yeah, and the version I had, it was I kept the first plot of my first trick. So mm-hmm. I have the guy hold the ring in a handkerchief. She uses a needle, that's a, a big sewing needle, it's a magic wand, makes the ring disappear from the guy's hand. I say, point to this brown bag over there and the ring will be in the bag. And she does it. And the guy walks over, and I say, go over, get, get, get the ring from the bag. And he goes, uh-oh. And he reaches in, and he pulls out a giant jar of rings. Uh-huh. And I say, like, that's every person I've done this trick with. <laughs> and I say, but I believe in your love. And the, the, the needle has a big yarn attached to it. Mm-hmm. And you uh, pierce the bag with the needle, run it all the way through. And you pour the jar of rings over the string into the bag. And then you tear it out and the ring is impossibly on the string. Oh, that's really it. nice. It is really nice. Uh, that That's a good trick. It is. And so that's why I was like, they published it. I haven't done too much original stuff with it, but it's really good. And it's better than my ring trick. It's better than my bell trick. So I tried that out this weekend and it went, it went very well. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What'd you do for the jar of rings? Where'd you get a jar of rings? I mean, uh, is there a place you can just go to <laughs> and buy
0: junk jewelry? It's so funny. Amazon is just, you know, you can junk jewelry, Amazon, and you can just get like a bunch of very, very cheap rings mm-hmm. and they all look different ones. And I got, you know, gold based ones, rose gold based ones, silver ones. and am making a nice big colorful oh, that's nice. jar of rings.
1: Yeah, I would have yeah. never thought of a big jar of rings. That's really nice. It is
0: nice. It is nice. It's really good. Yeah. They're good. They're good. Those guys are good. They are good. They are good. And they're still working, right? Yeah. They're doing fine. They publish it for a reason. They're done with it. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't care. And then forever, I've been working on a spirit spittoon routine. Mm-hmm. In it, I say the, the ghost of my uncle, he taught me magic, and he might even be with us here tonight. And then all of a sudden you hear, bang, ding. And sure enough, is a giant uh, spittoon on stage the whole time. And now my uncle is communicating to me. And I was doing it as a card trick for a while. And I was trying to make it not a card trick. I was talking to another magician friend of mine. He came up with um, psychometry. Mm-hmm. And so I- No one knows what psychometry
1: no, is. It's not. Fewer people know psychometry than what a clapper of a bell looks like. <laughs> so you should explain psychometry.
0: It is like being able to know what object belongs to which person via their- Vibes. Vibes. Yeah. Vibrations. Vibes. Right. It's all vibes. And so while the concept of psychometry is so kind of like, I don't know, whatever, not, not fantastic, it is very fun. With the ghost of a of an uncle spitting into a spittoon to communicate what belongs to whom, mm-hmm. and so I tried that out this weekend, and that trick is v- much more powerful than I thought it would be.
1: Now, the uh, my question on this is the sound. Yeah, yeah.
0: is it just you just doing it over the PA? Or do you have a? Do you have a? I put. Uh, this, I don't want to give away all the magic on this pen. <laughs> okay, but I put a Bluetooth speaker inside the. Oh. Air. <laughs> I like it coming from the source. Of course, it needs to. Yeah. So I have a Bluetooth speaker inside the urn. The spittoon rather. It comes directly from there.
1: So a um, friend of mine once said yeah. to me that you need to find out what business someone's in. Uh-huh. And he used the example of the Rolling Stones. Uh. Uh-huh. You know what business the Rolling Stones are in? Merchandise. That's, yeah. What most of their money comes from? T-shirts. T-shirts. The Rolling Stones tour yeah. is uh, t-shirt sales. Yes. That's where they make their money. Yeah. They're t-shirt salesmen. Yes. That do a show to sell t-shirts. So now you're a podcaster.
0: Yeah. You do
1: corporate shows. Yeah. You do magic shows. Yeah. What are the source of income do you
0: have? That's, I mean, uh, yeah, just Just. side gigs is corporate instruction and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But. Uh,
1: so where right now does most of your money come from?
0: Are you a magician or a podcaster now? Well, it's tough because the one podcast is because I'm a magician. Ah, oh, yeah. Abraca is strictly about my mm-hmm. documenting magic, my magic journey, and then doing behind the scenes of foolus and interviewing other magicians. Mm-hmm. So that's a the it makes it a gray area. Mm. Um, but you have shifted Yes. being mostly a magician now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's that's, that's I, so like for, for example, I, I took August off to uh, get my health together and and work on new tricks. And uh, yeah, I found out that I was indeed making money as a magician. <laughs> so suddenly September rolled around and I didn't have as much money. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess I am used to making money from doing. <laughs> now you, you, <laughs> did a,
1: you, you do corporate workshops with improv.
0: Yeah. Which is not something I'm trying to do, but, uh, it lands on my lap from time to time. And this situation, my neighbor uh, and good friend, Chad runs the, the Carpenters Union building in Las Vegas. For those of you who don't know, cause I didn't know until I went there, but the Carpenters Union is a gigantic union. Really? Yeah. Now this is showbiz carpenters or carpenters and carpenters? Carpenters, carpenters. Okay. Like uh, for example, we did a game where we say you, you name six things, and the guy challenged another guy to name six hammers, and the guy easily rattled off six different kinds of hammers. No problem. Ball peen. <laughs> right. <laughs> claw. Okay. Sledge. Oh, nice. MC. <laughs> What are the other two? I could I hell if I know. We literally he finished and then the instructor and I looked at each other like you could have made those up or they could have been right. We don't know.
1: <laughs> we don't know. Well you you've heard Steve Martin's plumber joke, right? No. Steve Martin talked about doing corporate shows. Yeah. It's, he tried to write specific jokes to different groups. So he has a plumber joke that is absolutely indecipherable <laughs> that he says kills. I don't know whether the joke is is about that, or if it's real, there's no way right, 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 right. Yeah, this infuriated the supervisor, so he went and got volume fourteen of the Kinsey manual. He reads to him: "The Langstrom seven wrench can be used with the Findley socket." Just then, the little apprentice leaned over and said, "It says sprocket, not socket." <laughs> and the punchline is: "Oh, I thought there were plumbers in the audience tonight." <laughs>
0: But I guess, like for all the hours uh, that you know, everything's on the clock. Ten cents out of every hour goes to this building. Wow! And so, this is a giant building. You see it if you if you're coming from two fifteen to fifteen, you'll see it before you hit Las Vegas Boulevard. Gigantic building, two hotels. They own it all, and they fly in carpenters from around the country and the world to train there for different stuff. And so, it's a big, big operation. And all carpenters, all carpenters. Yeah. And I've talked about my core workshops. With that and buddy. is there like a, a
1: a big building next door for ladies?
0: <laughs> no one even knows that, right? If
1: I were a carpenter and you were a lady, would you marry me anyhow? Would you have my baby? That was a song in the 70s. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. That's a joke that nobody would get. More <laughs> people are saying, okay, I had the clapper. I know what that looks like. <laughs> I know what psychometry is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can name six different kinds of hammers, yeah. but I did not know the lady reference. Yeah. Gordon Lightfoot, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do know that song. And and I've talked to him about my corporate training stuff, and so he, kept, he always says, like, we got to get you into my stuff. And I never pushed hard for him to do that because I thought, you know, freewheeling, creativity, big thinking, all that kind of stuff, and training carpenters, I just didn't know if that was a –
1: well, yeah, I, I don't know what. I mean, mostly what you teach is communication skills, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Could you hand me the pliers? <laughs> and then, you know, there's stuff with like irate clients and stuff like that, but it turns out we're part of a week long program and other people did that uh-huh. part, right? So I just put together. Are most of these people self employed? They're either self employed or they're part of the organization, the union organization. I see. Or they organize stuff for other other carpenters and that kind of thing.
1: Boy, how, how great must it feel to be a carpenter, to be able to do something?
0: I know, right? You can actually build shit. Yeah, like look at something where there isn't and put something there that is, that yeah. it works.
1: And also they use T-squares and stuff. Like when they build stuff, there's right
0: angles in it. Yes. That's miraculous. Stuff. No, I had Chad help hang up curtains in my house one time and the steps he took, I was like, geez, I wouldn't have done half of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Forever, he was our next door neighbor. And I, my, my wife wouldn't let me do anything without bringing Chad over. And like, they have like plumb bobs. Yeah. Now, plumb bob
1: is another word I know, but I wouldn't know how to use a plumb bob. (laughs) My father wanted me to be a man Mm -hmm. and he wanted to teach me carpentry. Yeah. So he downstairs had this, um, he had, ah, this, it's the greatest thing in the world. He had a rolling pin. Yeah. That was square. And then on each side, it had like four jar lids, like mayonnaise jar lids. Yeah. And then he had, well, four times four would be 16. 16 mayonnaise jars of different kinds of nails and screws oh. that you could screw onto there and then you could, just you know, and look at it and then unscrew the one you needed to dump about. Really?
0: Yeah. That's impressive.
1: Really impressive. He liked to put mayonnaise jar caps. He liked to attach them to stuff so you could screw the jar onto that so it would go back to the right place when you put the lid on. That's impressive. And little adhesive tape labels and he would show me how to use a hammer and show me how to use a drill and none of it stuck.
0: (laughs) No, no. I know because I, uh, in uh, this building in New York, when I first moved to New York, this guy Andy Cook would uh, hire actor. He, he he himself was an actor, and so he liked to hire struggling actors. Could have a day job, and he would let us go do our auditions if we mm-hmm. wanted to. And so, if we wanted to, uh, when we got auditions, he let us go. But then I had to, you know, work at the office. And the only thing I was good at was patching holes in walls. Uh-huh. You know, because you have the uh, I can't even think of all the materials the the names now. Grout, grout, no, no, not plaster, grouts. plaster, yeah, and. Sp- Spackle? Spackle! Yes. Yeah. Because it, some the size... We should do a, a podcast just about carpentry. <laughs> and just having, I guess, ready? Are you qualified to still look everything up for us when we get wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but figuring out the... You know that of- list
1: you have of the only thing you're good at at carpentry? Yeah. I've been racking my brains <laughs> trying to think of one thing I'm good at in carpentry. <laughs> Haven't got it yet, but I'm still thinking.
0: Figuring out the size of the hole versus what you had to mix plaster versus spackle and if it swelled at all and had to scrape it flat and make oh. it flush with the wall and oh i got good at that for like a little while
1: my dad tried to teach me simply to paint a wall
0: <laughs> and i had trouble
1: with that you got some holidays here you call them holidays when you had places that you missed a few holidays here Pen, and he also told me what boss did he have who gave him holidays You know, my my mom and dad built the house themselves. Right. They built an entire house themselves. My mom designed it, my dad built it, and my dad didn't know how to do something. He would drive around town till he saw when they were building a house and he would go to the carpenters working and he'd say, I will help you all day for free if I can learn a little bit from you because I have to build stairs in my house now. I mean, you can't get cuter than that. No, you can't. So he would go all around town helping all the carpenters, learning something, and then going back and
0: doing it at his house. Just the people skills to do, (laughs) to get that agreement (laughs) is the skill I don't have. Yeah. Yeah. If I try to do that, they'd be like, please go away and don't ever stop watching us. (laughs) Stop watching us do stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And don't help.
1: And he built the entire house himself. I mean, every nail in the house that I grew up in was hammered by either my mother or my father. Every cinder block that put the basement together was carried by either my mother or my father.
0: That is so impressive.
1: Yeah. Every single thing. They did not do the electric wiring because my dad was afraid of it. Yeah. They did not do the plumbing, but they did all the carpentry. And they built the house. My mother designed it so that the sun would come in properly when she was making breakfast. Yeah. And they designed it so that they could all be on one floor for their retirement. Yeah. And they they thought everything out and planned it. Uh, do you know how far that apple has fallen from that tree? <laughs> it's like the the pen apple, yeah. from the Gillette tree. Yeah. Fell onto the wing of a supersonic jet and then flew to another country. Yeah. The apple fell very not even in the same fucking orchard. Not even the same state. That apple fell in the middle of the Pacific.
0: Yeah. Now, someone whose grandparents were a lawyer and their father's a lawyer, and I have a psychic spittoon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And my, my father always, I have a hammer that I keep. I have a, I have a desk that was built by my grandfather and I have the hammer that my father and mother used to build the house at my house. And my dad would say to me, you know, in Newfoundland, they would always say that every man should build his own house. And I did that. And I'm hoping you will. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) I couldn't build a rabbit cage.
0: I think uh, for the safety of other humans, I'm still glad it went the way it did. I will tell you, Yeah.
1: I believe, and this may be true, I have never built anything successfully in my life.
0: <laughs> Not even like a bookshelf? No. Or like a desk chair? You ever put a desk chair together? Nope.
1: <laughs> when stuff comes in from Ikea, yeah. there's two choices. Yeah. My wife does it, or we hire somebody. We we hire people to come into my house and do stuff. They see me walking around and go, why isn't that guy doing this?
0: Anyone can do this. And the answer is anyone but him can do this. You know, you're saying this, but you started playing bass at how old? Uh, 45. All right. And then you started learning Spanish? Yeah, two years ago. Okay. So what are the odds that eight years from now you want to build your own house? Possible. <laughs> it could come up. It could come up. Do you feel like a debt, still like a tiny debt I in do, your soul I do. that you should build? Mm-hmm. Maybe after the children move out, I'll build a tiny house. So maybe one of your children will need a shed or something that you find approachable. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Jimmy Carter, he started building houses like 80, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll be like, uh, what is it? Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. I'll join that. And they'll go, mm, we don't need you, <laughs> Don't even watch us. Don't even watch us build <laughs> this house for the whole world. When you watch us, the nails go in wrong.
0: So back to your own Oh, so my two buddies, two instructors, I got with me. And Chad brings us into the room and says, uh, like, you know, just a little like, all right, guys, we're going to get it going. We're day three of a five-day program. We're the whole day. Mm -hmm. We're going to make carpenters, do improv exercises for six hours. Oof. With a lunch break in the middle. Yeah. I gain an understanding of the level of prep they've had for this in this moment. Uh He says... uh, Hey, right, guys, Everyone have been good. You guys having a good program? And the hand shoots right up and says, and I won't say the guy's real name. I'll say Clark Clark Clarkson, right? Guy shoots and he goes, yesterday's instructor, Clark Clarkson, was the best instructor I've ever had in any one of these programs we've ever had in this building. I've been coming here for 10 years. And a bunch of like, here, yeah, yeah, that's true or whatever. And another hand shoots up and says, yeah, the Clark from yesterday, I think there's no doubt in my mind that all of us would bring him out to all of our regions to train multiple day programs. I mean, that guy was just fantastic. And they're like, oh, yeah, that was great. It was great. It was great. It's so awkward that I shoot a look to my improv instructors and it gets a laugh in the room. (laughs) That he's getting that reaction. And yet more hands go up and more effusive praise goes on to yesterday's instructors. And Chad was like, well, yeah, he's great. He's been a part of our program for a long time. And obviously, we'll, obviously we'll keep using him. And now we, uh, we have today. And Matt's here to do improv stuff with you guys. You know, take it on your feet, all kinds of that stuff. Uh, he'll tell you more about it. Matt. <laughs> 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 and that's my intro <laughs> for working with these guys. And so I started teaching about improv and, and creativity and stuff. And it was uh, it was an uphill battle <laughs> to start. They ended up being fine. It was a very fun day. Before the whole thing started, my buddy Chad said, like, you know, these guys, they not only coordinate programs here, but people coordinate programs all over the country. So, you know, this could lead to other stuff. And I said, well, let's just see how this goes before I start thinking about traveling to teach other carpenters in other locations. Mm-hmm. And I've heard. I'll also tell you. Yeah. That I think my
1: biggest problem in carpentry. Yeah. Is my improvisation. <laughs> just so let's it up. I may not be the best improv person you've ever seen. I may not even be good at improv, but when it comes to carpentry, I am 100% improv.
0: You put that nail in wrong, but I'm going to yes and you
1: and also put my nail in wrong. Yeah, exactly. But I also, I don't need to set up a right angle. I don't need to write what I'm building. <laughs> I'm going
0: to take this board, hammer it to this board. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, Improv. I want to, be, I want to, I want to uh, be authentically inspired to build a house wherever, <laughs> wherever I want. And I just want ideas to flow. Yeah, just going to go.
1: I feel <laughs> like... Uh, Give me a size nail
0: and give me a kind of wood. (laughs) I'm going to build something. Yeah. When I advocate for a suspension of judgment, not elimination of Uh, judgment, it's really that when someone really fucks up, just suspend your judgment for a moment uh, and drop the hammer later, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So they ended up good. Yeah. everyone came up, they had a good time, but every single person came up who, who, who would come up to me to shake my hand at the end. We're like, that was... Different. Ah! That was very different. <laughs> now uh, you don't know
1: this, you couldn't know this. Yeah. But it's a five day program. Yeah. And you're day three. Mm-hmm. Day four. Yeah. Next person comes out. Yeah. How many hands shot up and said
0: that Matt Donnelly <laughs> I can't know it. You can't know. But I uh, but I didn't think about that until this moment. So that tells you everything.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe a hand shot up, said, we've never learned more than we learned from Matt Donnelly. You know, this morning, yeah, I didn't have my trade coffee. What? I didn't have it because I got up a little late and I want to do my exercise and stuff like that. So someone had unplugged my, I have a Japanese keep the water hot machine. Yes. Right? Someone had unplugged it by like cleaning my office, which is good. Someone needs to clean my office. It's not going to be me. <laughs> So the water wasn't hot. So I had my French press there. I reached into the freezer and had my trade coffee, which is so good, and smelled it. I always take a deep smell. The trade coffee that they send smells so good. Yeah. Do you do that like a ritual? Yes. I, yeah, just like really great. And I have my little scooper that I put four scoops in, you know, all set to go. And it's, 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 it's a second batch. I, I, I increased my order. I now get two bags every time. Oh. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I got the second bag of this special. It has an airplane on it. That's all I know. Is and it an Airbus? Yeah.
0: Oh, it's good coffee. Yeah. yeah really I got good. that blend. But it's
1: a, a, a decaf,
0: minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: See, this is the thing It's amazing. When a person complains about not having their coffee, they're complaining about not having caffeine. Yes. Not me. I get decaffeinated and I... Love it. Yeah. You know, when you get like uh, Starbucks coffee, it has like this one like bitter taste. But I can even tell that there are top notes and stuff. Yes. Stuff that I can't tell. The coffee's so good I can actually tell. It's really worth it to have good coffee instead of lousy coffee in the morning. Yeah. It really is. I drink coffee to the major chains to, in order to sit with somebody. Right. But this coffee I drink because I actually enjoy it. Yeah. I really, and the French press, I put my four scoops in, Ooh. Does shake it up, the, whoosh, my timer on my watch at four minutes, I push it down. It's really, really, really good. Yeah. I, I really like it and it's different, slightly different every time they send it. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've ever heard before. They partner up with top independent roasters, not roosters. No, because you can't you can't team up with a rooster. No,
0: they you, came and talked. They can't be trusted.
1: Independent roasters to freshly roast. Not to roost, but to roast, and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. I just made it more. Send me more. Their team of experts do all the work that taste hundreds of coffees from across the u s every month to curate over four hundred and fifty exceptional coffees that make the cut. It's so good. I've liked every single bu- have you liked? Is there any you haven't liked? No, no, no. I like them all i'm in, I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying it really, really much, and if you get something you don't happen to like which isn't going to happen. Yeah. But if you do, Trade will give you whatever you want. You can shop the most popular coffees by roast or Flavor Profile and they can take their coffee quiz. They match. Because I have, you can even find mine online. You can have Pendular Coffee. You know, I mean, the, my same preference. Yes. But all it is, I, like, I want strong, different decaf. Yeah. That's the major. There's other stuff in there, but I have that. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You should really do this. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses, it's all small guys, and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of 30 bucks off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash pen. That's drinktrade.com slash pen for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. I didn't think I was a coffee guy. Now I am. Without caffeine, I still missed it wicked. So there you go. Yeah. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. So, uh, uh, you also told me before we came on that you had a vegan conversation. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it was, uh, it was at the, this new bagel place that I was at with my wife.
1: There's a new bagel place in town?
0: There's a new bagel place on Eastern, on my neck of the woods or whatever. It's just okay. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we're picking out what we want to eat. And then Sarah gets a phone call. She steps aside, but says, you know, she's a doctor's appointment. So she's like, if someone walks over, just order. You know what I want. Mm-hmm. And so. Indeed, a, a server comes over and says, you and know. And you said, do you have maybe a
1: tall, good-looking guy with a
0: big cock? Because that's what my wife would like. <laughs> and like a better listener than I have. <laughs> like, Someone doesn't trail off. Yeah. And uh, I said, uh, my wife wants um, this sandwich here, but with vegan schmear. Mm-hmm. And she said, what is it? The, the vegan cream cheese. And she said, vegetable. And I said, Vegan. And she said, vegetable. And I said, vegan. And she goes, they don't eat that. They, I guess vegans, don't eat cream cheese. And I said, okay. Okay. There's a sandwich here that basically everything is vegan except for the cream cheese. Mm -hmm. And then down here, you have what's called a vegan bagel sandwich, where it labels vegan schmear. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is probably vegan because mm-hmm. it's on the menu as vegan schmear. Mm-hmm. So I want that on that sandwich. Mm. She's, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> she leaves. My wife wrapped her phone call, came in. She goes, did, did you order for me? I said, no, not even close. <laughs> and she comes back over and again. It's her one word communication that is making me just love her. She goes tofu. And I said the vegan schmear is tofu based. She goes yes. And I said that's that that makes it vegan. That's what I want that's what we want on the sandwich. Okay. <laughs> like just a total like not understanding at all that like her own restaurant offered a vegan option. It was really funny and they don't eat that. It was made me really laugh. That's really great.
1: Yeah. Really great. They,
0: they what do you eat mean that. they?
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you it's the end of the world with vegan food now
0: what's well, it it's like food is everywhere it's very it, it is definitely now assumed my wife and i go out there, there's going to be vegan options basically yeah. wherever we go yeah. and they also have different logos you look at the bottom the key yes yeah and the big thing we just haven't figured out yet is whether v means vegetarian or v means vegan right and that's a big thing to try to figure they, out they
1: sometimes do ve means vegan yes but V-E is also vegetarian.
0: <laughs> I, know, I know, We haven't figured that out.
1: I would think they should have like a
0: smiling cow. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like a total different, not even, yeah, not a letter, an actual just symbol that we like. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I, I
1: believe there's a, uh, a website called Happy Cow ah. that is all the vegan. When I go to a new town, oh, okay. I just go there and find the vegan restaurant. There was a place in Boston It was closed when we got there called Beatnik, Beatnik Vegan Cafe. And I just said, why aren't I there all the time? Yeah. Because, you know, I always go back and forth, right? I read Ken Kesey, Mm -hmm. you know, then I read Kerouac and I go, am I a Beatnik or am I a hippie? I know I'm one of the two. Right. But I think that um, the hippie with the commune with filthy drug addicts having sex yeah. really appeals to me
0: <laughs>
1: tremendously yeah yeah, but I also like the cool calculated sitting in a cafe smoking cigarettes yes so I think what I'd like to do is wear a beret, smoke cigarettes all day and then go home and have sex with dirty drug addicts. <laughs> So can you live in a can you live in a hippie commune yeah. and go to I go I don't think you're supposed to go to Beatnik cafes yeah. living in a hippie commune, right?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean I I'll teach you a workshop that will help you create flow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether I should learn to build a house or I should start a cult. <laughs> or maybe start a cult with building houses. I don't know. But uh, I got to tell you, you know, when I was, I wanted to decide what else I was going to learn after I learned bass. David Silverman is one of the uh, Simpsons guys. Yes. He, he I I tell you, I've watched David Silverman uh, meet women that he's interested in dating. Yes. And he says, let me give you my number. And he draws like Bart Simpson or Homer Simpson (laughs) with a little speaking balloon with his phone number and name in it for them. adds it to them. Cheating, isn't it? That Uh, cheating.
0: You can't like you can't like write your phone number on a bullet and then hand it to her. Yeah. uh, There's
1: there's no way to to compete with David Silverman. No. no. Except he 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 is working with a handicap in that he plays uh, tuba. Yes. So.
0: But he figures out how to make it shoot flames. So he figured that out too.
1: He's he's, but um terrible underwater breathing apparatus. (laughs) Well, we get the title for the show. Yes. Terrible underwater underwater breathing apparatus. Oh, is that great? And it's so true. It is true. David (laughs) Silverman said, the next thing you should do is you should learn to draw. And I went, I can't even write my name, David. Yeah. But he really started to tempt me to, if I learned to draw, that would be really miraculous. But now I have something just that hard, which is I could learn carpentry. Yeah, I tried to learn whittling. I think I've said this before. I yeah. got a whittling kit. And my dad also could whittle. My dad could, um, you know, I've talked about this before, but it's miraculous. You take a single block of wood and then he would whittle a cage out of it. With a ball inside it that was loose. Oh. Can you just, you you, you understand what I'm saying?
0: That's so satisfying.
1: Yeah. So you'd see. It was one piece of wood. Yeah. And he would keep whittling at it. He revealed the
0: ball within the cage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is satisfying.
1: Oh, yeah. Really good. And I bought a kit because I thought this is something, this is a character trait that I need. I thought, wouldn't it be good if I went to sound check and Walt Teller's niggling with that shit that no one gives a fuck about? (laughs) I mean, his genius. Um, I could um, I could be sitting in the corner of Whitland. Wouldn't that be a great story? Yes. So you had Penn and Teller in here last week. What were they like? Well, during soundcheck, Penn just sits in the corner and Whittles. Made a nice duck. <laughs> so I bought a kit. Learn to Whittle, make a duck. That was the ad. Yeah. Now you can't imagine an ad that would grab me more than that. <laughs> I mean, live nude girl to your room yeah. does not get my attention as much as learn to whittle make a duck. I'd love to have one of those cages with the little little ball in there. Yeah. I wanna have the one my dad made. When I would when my dad showed it to me, he was very protective of it. Well yeah. So don't break this, son. Do not break it. <laughs> See the ball moves in there, but don't don't break it. Don't pry open the don't break it. Oh. Don't break it. You know, because you work on that a while. Yeah. So I got a set of knives and a piece of wood and directions on how to make a duck. Oh. <laughs> there was nothing even slightly foul like when <laughs> I turned out. There was no duck. Because, you know, I like to look at ducks. Yeah. So I thought if I carved a duck, how happy
0: would I be? Yeah. I carved that duck. No. Whitlam. And when you watch someone whittle, it's such a great, it starts off visceral. You know, and then it gets It even delicate. had a little thumb guard you could whittle oh. against your thumb.
1: It was, I don't, I just want to make this very clear. I do not blame the kit. Oh, sure. If you see a kit that says, learn to whittle, make a duck. Yeah. Don't say, oh, that, that kit sucks. Penn got that, didn't learn to whittle. No, no. no. Hup, so. It was It was operator error. <laughs> it was It was a bad student. You know, It's a bad student. How
0: long did you give it a go?
1: Uh about 45 minutes. <laughs> Uh, I know I put in. I by the way I just crossed nine hundred hours on Spanish. Wow! And but I put in forty five minutes word for duck. Uh, uh, po- 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 it begins with the P. Pollard. Pollard is probably right. Potart, something like that. But I did look it up at one point. But they have they don't have a good quack sound. Spanish. They just have a squawk sound. they, oh. like, they don't have a quack. Which is disappointing. When I had, um, when I was dating a, um, Israeli terrorist, mm-hmm. I used to really get to laughing really hard she could by asking her, uh, what sounds animals made. What sounds the cow make, you know, in, yes. in Hebrew.
0: And it's not just a language barrier, right? Like animals do sound different in different areas of the world or is it a. No, you insane fuck. <laughs> that is the stupidest comment anyone's ever made. <laughs>
1: Cow is a universal. Line. Yeah. But how you interpret that, whether it's moo or how, what you get out of it, is different. Cows don't make different sounds in different parts of the world. Okay. You crazy. Well, actually, you're totally right. Because I, I'm writing this book. I don't know if I'll ever get it done, but it's called The Bird Sang Hola Cola. Mm-hmm. It's called Lucky Dick. The Bird Sang Hola Cola. Yeah. And it, it's it's about a a study that I read that parrots have accents in different places and they say different things. Yeah. So the parrots in Colombia actually, they speak a dialect that's slightly different than the parrots in Chile. Are there parrots in Chile? I don't know. They're yeah. Countries at random that I happen to think of the name of. Right. But where there are parrots in different areas, they have different accents. But I don't think that's true for cows. Is it true for cows? I know it's true for whales. Right. Whales have different accents, but not good.
0: Cows, really? Cats? I don't know. I think it was like the someone saw it was an, I saw a thing about cockadoodle do. oh uh-huh, yeah and like all the different Kikariki. Things. yeah, that's it. Kikariki. Kikariki. And I was like, is it just us interpreting the same sound? Yes wow, well, you think that there are roosters in other countries who go Kikariki I do Kikariki. And I think they see things six times larger than the human <laughs> eye. Kikariki <laughs> What language is that already rich? German, maybe?
1: Kikariki! Yeah. I think that is a different interpretation. It's a different onomatopoetic
0: yeah, I on a monopoetic of the same that. sound. I,
1: I think it is, yeah.
0: Because cock a doodle do is a little bold on our part. Yeah. It's a little very pronounced for noises like. That, yeah. That's the actual sound. The person who was like. That was pretty good, by the way. That was very good. Yeah. It's a fine example. So whoever heard that and wrote, definitely cock a doodle do. <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing a C and a CK. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think I think you're
1: crazy and stupid. <laughs> but then there's, But other than that, I enjoy your company. <laughs> then there's the, the the there's the the counterexample of parrots and whales. Yeah. So maybe do you really think that a rooster
0: in German is making a different sound than a rooster? I guarantee we're getting mail at the, about this. <laughs> this I bet people are gonna. Chime in on like I things. mean a Rhode Island Red who goes arr, arr, <laughs> <laughs> arr, arr, y'all. <laughs> Canadian err, sorry.
1: Sorry for waking me up. Sorry. Sorry. for waking you up. I felt compelled to do that. But let's go to Tim Hortons. <laughs> well, we went to uh, do the um, booth bunny thing mm-hmm. for master class. The um, next convention over from the Human Resources Convention yeah. was a Tim Hortons convention. Oh, There was a Tim Hortons convention. And all you need to know about the Tim Hortons convention is they did it in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Canada, coffee. But listen, let's go to Vegas, have some fun. Yeah. Let's not stay here. And they had coffee out there. And I was going to, I said, I'm going to go over and cop a Tim Horton's donut. Yeah. And then I had all this angst going, well, I can't, if I'm stealing a donut from a convention I don't belong in, I can't ask if they're vegan. Right. Because you thieves can't go in and go, yeah. is this vegan?
0: How but dirty then, is this money yeah. before I take it from you?
1: Then they didn't have uh, donuts. They had coffee. Tim
0: Horton coffee lined up all over. Talk about, talk about a lack of self-awareness. Yeah. And yeah. Dunkin' Donuts has changed their name to Dunkin's. Because they sell this other weird stuff that comes out of those dumb ovens.
1: Yeah, dumb ovens. Du- it should be called Duncan's Dumb Ovens. <laughs> but I also think, and I, I would think there'd be a class action suit on this, but I'm not a litigious
0: person. Yeah.
1: But, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, you may not know this because you're not from New England. So what the fuck
0: do you know? Yeah, I grew up around a lot of Dunkin' Donuts.
1: But Dunkin' Donuts used to have a Dunkin' Donut. Did you yes!
0: know Yes, a little nub on it, it had a handle on it. Yeah.
1: I think... That the instant they stopped making the Dunkin' Donut with a little handle for the Dunkin', they should have right away taken away their ability to call themselves Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. Call yourself Donuts. Yeah. Just, just,
0: yeah, whatever.
1: And now they've taken away the Donuts, and the, they're still calling it a Dunkin'. Nothing has a handle. No.
0: They're fucking vegan sausage croissant. There's no handle. And by the way, dipping a a plain. Donut with a l- little nugget on it for a handle into coffee is a delicious thing that they've eliminated. Yeah. That's a very good, yeah. that's a great activity. That's the
1: thing that you don't really understand as you're a child. And as yeah. you get older, you really do. A plain donut's
0: a good thing. It is. Whatever the kids want donuts, I always get the plain donut now. Yeah. Because I like dipping in coffee, and that's better than any sweet donut. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There's things you learn on this podcast. Exactly. exactly. But we're going to get so much mail on the sound animals. <laughs> I about. think so. You know, I just realized they can't have the Tim Hortons convention in Canada because then no one else would be anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> their, their country would collapse. <laughs> just, no one would work. Hey, Buses wouldn't hey, run. Hey, <laughs> t-
1: Tim Hortons convention. <laughs> There? Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. me excuse.
0: Sorry, sorry. 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 Excuse me, excuse Pardon sorry. me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon. <laughs> I, how could you get. Yeah, that's Just exactly how you Rolling feel. in <laughs> every every Canadian city would be like 20, 28 days later or whatever. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Empty because in some some airplane hangar in Toronto, every Canadian citizen <laughs> is in there having coffee and donuts. So you got to have it Vegas, just to just to keep some Canadians at their workplace.
1: Yeah, well, you know, maybe they couldn't bring in Tim Hortons donuts to uh, to Vegas. Maybe they weren't allowed to bring them to the convention center. Oh, that makes because that happened when um when there was a uh, um, Comdex. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tim Jennison, not Tim Horton. Tim <laughs> no, no. Jennison wanted to have at the New Tech booth. He wanted to give Krispy Kremes to everybody that came up. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, getting Krispy Kremes from Lincoln, who owns the Krispy Kremes in town, yeah, to the convention center, it costs like a dollar a donut. Not for the donuts, right? To get the donuts into the convention center with all the union stuff, right? So maybe getting Tim Hortons donuts into there would be tough.
0: if yeah, you ran a bacon a donut party? You ran into some, some, yeah, some, and that was just the South Point. Yeah, that wasn't right.
1: Always hard to bring to bring donuts into a hotel.
0: It's just a I don't know why. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 That's a good sound I can make. <laughs> you know the um there's that goat sound. <laughs> I yeah. I can do that. I really have a high register animal sound that I'm very proud of. Yeah. I couldn't draw that animal. <laughs> I couldn't build a barn for that animal. And you couldn't whittle that animal. I couldn't whittle. It. Now I'm, I'm all thinking, boy, it'd just be, wouldn't it be good to be a great whittler? Yes. I'm going to look online to see if you can
0: buy a pre-whittled. It's the kind of thing that it's so good for you that people might already assume that's true about you. I can whittle? Yeah. It's so like if someone says, like, you know, Pendulet likes to whittle. People wouldn't be that surprised. They'd be like, oh, yeah. sure. Boy, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs>
1: It really is that people wouldn't be surprised that I could whittle.
0: Yeah, they'd just be like, sure. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. You could whittle, yeah. Boy. Western Mass. (laughs) I'd like to, then I'd have to have a porch. I could build a porch and I could (laughs) whittle on it. (laughs) I like that you're already shrinking your goals. Porch. (laughs) Much more approachable project. (laughs) If that goes wrong, you just get rid of a porch. (laughs) 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 Terrible
1: underwater. Breathing, breathing apparatus. apparatus tuba. That was Penn Sunday School.
0: <laughs> that was Penn Sunday
1: School. Cha-cha-cha. <laughs> and to listening ears, You become oh, naked.
0: You know we love you Hey Matt Donald, you got anybody to thank? Yeah, let's thank the people supporting us over at Patreon.com slash pen Get over there now, especially if you want to be part of the Virtual Random Book Hang I want to thank Little Mandar Michael Fritz, Mike Fresh Just a reminder, talk shit about Jobeth R. Bowers Adam Stickney, Sax Guy Jimmy D Nathan Julian Some Guy in Shanghai Petty Officer Scoop Daniel, Australia's biggest export is boomerangs. It's also their biggest import. Uh, (laughs) David K. David Peters. Blue Drinks Films. Brandon Knapp. Nick Dingman. Colin Durham. TheBigScubaPodcast.com. Central Park Owl. Lancey Minshew. Stephen White. And Harlan Liam Clark. Thank you so much.